0: said Seeker. He stood back from the high wall, as far as the narrow shelf allowed, and called in a loud voice. Mountain men, open your doors. I mean you no harm. No, cried the guide, frantically waving his arms. No, they'll stone us. Leave them be. We must go. Seeker turned to the guide and spoke to him quietly. You go, my friend. My business is here. The guide shuffled his feet and rubbed his hands together and looked at the ground. And my payment? I have no money. No money? But you promised me payment. Am I to be cheated? Seeker touched his cheeks. I will pay you as I promised. He held the guide's face lightly between his palms. I give you peace. The guide became very still. Then he gave a small shudder and looked up at Seeker with shy, uncertain eyes. In place of the shrill whine, there came a soft whisper. Thank you, he said. Siko withdrew his hands. The guide looked round him, blinking, as if he had just woken from sleep. Then he stretched all his body, reaching his arms out wide, and sighed deeply. Then he smiled. Thank you, he said again. With that, he set off back down the track. Seeker watched him on his way. Then he turned back to the high rock wall. ''Open your doors,'' he cried, ''or I'll break them down.'' From deep within the rock, he heard the sound of mocking laughter. ''So be it.'' He let his arms fall to his sides, and he closed his eyes. He felt his own weight on the warm ground. He felt the pressure of his bare feet on the mountain rock. Deep below he felt the slow stirring of the mountain's leer. He drew two long, steady breaths and dove down and down until he touched the heart of that great slumbering power. Then, steadily, surely, irresistibly, he drew it up into himself, making of himself a channel for the force of the mountain range. "'All things are connected. All power is one power.' He opened his eyes and raised both arms. He stretched his arms out before him and summoned the leer to flow down his arms to his fingertips. He touched his two forefingers together. A bolt of pure force struck the rock wall. The wall shuddered under the impact. Dust rose from the lines of mortar. The shuddering intensified and the great stone blocks began to part. Seeker held his ground, arms outreached, "'streaming power into the shivering wall. "'Now the stones were rattling against each other like teeth. "'One high block cracked with a sound like a hammer blow, "'then fell crashing and tumbling down the mountainside. "'There followed a deep, grinding roar. "'The lower blocks began to bulge outwards "'as if pushed from within, opening up gaping cracks. "'The tall, square-cut stones were rocking, "'moving, advancing like limbless giants.' One block in the lower line staggered and fell. With a rending crash, the rest came toppling down, one on another, amid a gush of debris and stone dust. Seeker lowered his arms and waited for the dust to settle. "'Send out the old ones!' he cried. "'I have no quarrel with anyone else!' There was no answer. From far below came the rattle of falling fragments, bouncing down the mountainside to the valley floor. The broken outline of the cave mouth now became visible. Seeker stepped into the shadowy space. The walls and roof were those of a natural cave, which narrowed as it penetrated deeper into the mountain. The only light came from the opening. Within, all was darkness. Seeker felt no fear and no weariness. The destruction of the last two Cervantes was his mission and his obsession. Until it was accomplished, he had no other life. But now he had hunted them to the end, there would be a kill and a kill. And afterwards, peace if allowed, rest if deserved, love if given, and a home on the quiet side of the world. He strode into the dark tunnel. As he went, the light behind him grew fainter, and the only sounds he could hear were his own footsteps. The tunnel narrowed and twisted and turned. He began to feel his way with outstretched hands. The light dwindled, then was gone.